up? Welcome back to Reliving Single. This is a recap podcast about the original Friends and one of the 90s best TV shows, Living Single. I am your host and editor of Flavor Magazine, Asada Jones. And y'all, I am so excited to be your fake girlfriend this week. <laughs> this week, I am recapping season one, episode four, A Kiss Before Lying. You guys, this is one of my favorite episodes of season one, but before we get into the recap, let's start with a fun fact. In this episode, Regine tells another character that she looks really familiar, but she can't place where she knows her from. The woman replies that she went to Eastland Boarding School, and that's a cute nod to the show Facts of Life, which actress Kim Fields also starred in, and it was set in the fictitious Eastland School for Girls. All right, that is it for our fun facts this week. Let's dive into this recap. The episode opens up with Overton talking to Sinclair in the girl's apartment, and he's installing a chain lock. While he's in the middle of explaining to Sinclair how chain locks work and how secure they are, Khadijah walks right in, easily breaking the chain lock right off the doorframe. This makes me very concerned about the safety of the women living in this apartment building. (laughs) Regine then comes down the stairs into the living room, and she is in her bathrobe, and she has her hair wrapped in a towel. It's obvious that she just got out of the shower because she's complaining about the lack of water pressure in the building. So Overton goes upstairs to check it out, but not before we get a great joke here from Khadijah about Regine masturbating in the shower. (laughs) Something's wrong with the water. Girl, this is New York. You have to be more specific. It's the pressure. My water massage just isn't pulsating the way that it used to. Oh, and just after you named it. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely didn't catch that one when I was a kid. Next, Max bursts through the door, and she is desperate to talk to the girls about something. She tells them that Greg called. The Greg called. And Max is so stressed out, she doesn't know what to do. She says he left four messages on her machine, and she's still debating whether she should call him back or not. Khadijah is immediately against the idea. I'm talking a hard no, because this was, after all, the Greg. You remember from last episode, listeners... This was the one Max went on like that tangent because she went out with him for five years and then when she finally got her career in order and it finally took off, he got jealous and he uh, packed his raggedy old duffel bag and left. (laughs) Yeah, it's that guy. So Khadijah is like, "Uh uh-uh, do not call him back. But Sinclair, on the other hand, thinks that this could be a romantic way to rekindle their relationship. Regine, the tiebreaker in this situation, is on Khadijah's side. She says, do not call him back do not rekindle the relationship. Max says that she's not looking to rekindle their relationship. She just wants to show Greg that she's happy and that she's moved on from their relationship. And this is totally not petty and not spiteful at all. (laughs) We know this is a bold lie. She wants to rub her good life in Greg's face. And honestly, I don't blame her. (laughs) I would probably do the same thing if somebody left me in the same way that Greg left her. For real. Uh, so Overton then comes downstairs and he confirms what Regine already said. The water pressure in the building is definitely off. After he leaves, Max makes the decision to call Greg, much to Khadijah's disappointment. On the phone, she agrees to have dinner with Greg and, surprise, his new fiancé. 
Max is obviously disappointed and shocked by this revelation, but she is too far deep into the conversation to turn back. She doesn't want to punk out. So she decides to put on a brave face and continue with the plans to have dinner with Greg and his fiance, just to prove how over Greg she is. Kyle then knocks on the door in his bathrobe, and he's looking for Overton, too. He came downstairs to complain about the water pressure, but before he could get into it, Max starts to make fun of him for his very short robe, and they go back and forth for a bit. Kyle, we have traded insults back and forth, but this is just downright mean. Go put some clothes on. Go, please go. For your edification, this is called a bathrobe, known only to those of us who actually engage in personal hygiene. Kyle, what the hell you want? Is Overton down here messing with the water again? He just left. You have to wear that funk for another month. Karma comes to kick Max in the ass for instigating things with Kyle when Sinclair spills the beans and tells him that Max just found out her ex-boyfriend is engaged to somebody else. Kyle takes this moment to eat this up. Oh, Max. Oh, baby, I'm sorry. But, you know, don't worry about it. One day you're going to look back on this whole thing and laugh. But today, it's my turn. (laughs) (laughs) After Kyle leaves, Max tries to figure out where she can have dinner with Greg and his fiance. And for some reason, going to a restaurant is out of the question. And apparently there are too many memories at her place. Sinclair generously offers up their apartment, and Khadijah begrudgingly agrees to this entire charade only because she wants to see what Greg's fiancé looks like. And I'm totally the Khadijah in this situation. I am just here to watch how this all falls apart. (laughs) So the next scene takes us to the kitchen on the evening of the dinner date. We see Regine cooking a somewhat fancy meal, and Sinclair is trying her best to set the table. And... I mean, I I only say somewhat fancy because we learn that Regine made chocolate-covered fried shrimp uh, because she found out that Greg's ex is allergic to seafood and chocolate. So revenge cooking aside, it just sounds like a bad combination for, like, food. Um, So, yeah, it's a somewhat fancy meal. (laughs) So Khadijah enters into the kitchen, and she just essentially gives Regine a hard time for knowing how to cook fancy French food. Now, Regine, what are these? Beignets. They're French. Mm. Ah, one of your famous recipes from Le Projects. (laughs) Overton, with his terrible timing, enters the kitchen to fix the sink's water pressure. And, listeners, you can probably tell exactly where the storyline is going, so we'll check back on Overton later. Max comes into the kitchen from the living room, and the girls get to talking about Max's game plan for the evening. We learn that she's not planning to have a date for the evening simply because she wants to stand strong on her own and she doesn't want to rely on a man to make her look good. Max knows she's great on her own. She's a lawyer, she's top of her game, and she makes good money. And she looks good. Khadija is 100% behind her, but Regine thinks that she's making a very big mistake. So Max, which millionaire lawyer did you get to be your date for the evening? I don't need anybody by my side. Right. Max don't need to play games. Well, please, she agreed to this. She may as well play alone. She'll appear stronger alone. She'll appear alone alone. Hey. 
Girl's got a point. Max, I strongly suggest you get one of your boy toys over here and have him pretend that he's your study. I'm not gonna lie like that for Greg. Well, now, lie is such an ugly word. I'm simply suggesting that you embellish. I don't need to. I'm a lawyer. I have a great job. I make a lot of money. And I look great tonight. See, you can't embellish. When Greg and his fiance Susan arrive, it's immediately clear to us that our girl is not going to be okay. Max is still affected by him, and Susan is not helping the situation. After a quick powwow with Khadijah and Regine back in the kitchen, Max musters up the courage to face her ex and Susan out in the living room. We get two really great moments from Max and Regine here. Damn, he's fine. Don't you think he's fine? Who cares what you think? Brothers, fine! He looks the same as the day he left you. I thought I could handle this. I said I could handle this. I lied. Khadijah, get rid of him. Give me 10 seconds. Wait a minute. I can't back out now. Okay, just give me a cigarette and I'll be fine. Max, you don't smoke. And shoot me now, because I'm not going back out there. (laughs) Excuse me. What is going on in here? Max is having second thoughts. What about... Now, girl, please. Now, you know this whole fiancé thing is just a front, right? I mean, the brother is gay. (laughs) Gay? If a man is in a room more than five minutes with me and he does not stare, he's gay. Duh. Out with the others, the girls are having polite conversation with Greg and Susan, but Max is still struggling. She's being passive-aggressive in the conversation, and she's clearly physically uncomfortable. Saved by the doorbell, Max jumps up to answer the door and is surprised to find Kyle on the other side. He's about to leave, but Max thinks fast, and she grabs a very confused Kyle and pretends that they're a couple in front of everyone. Before he could say anything to ruin the bit, she rushes him into the kitchen for a quick sidebar where she asks him to pretend to be her date for the night. Of course, this comes with a very steep price, and that price is apparently letting Kyle do whatever he wants for that night. (laughs) So wait, let me get this straight. You want me to be... Yo, man. That's what I heard. Just for tonight, just through dinner. Do you know what this could do to my reputation? Yes, and you could pay me later. You got an awfully smart mouth for somebody who's so desperate. I am not. I see an ex-boyfriend, a fine fiancé, <laughs> and a spinster. Okay, I'll give you anything you want. Name your price. (laughs) Oh, come on, Max. I'm disappointed. Now, look, I know we may go off on each other every now and again, but we're friends, right? And you're in trouble. Baby, of course I'll help you out. Thanks, Kyle. I owe you. (laughs) I am going to enjoy being your man. (laughs) Listeners, You can't tell, obviously, because it's an auditory clip, but in that clip, if you watch the episode, um, in that part, Kyle playfully slaps Max's butt as she's walking out into the living room from the kitchen, and it is such a funny moment, and I remember losing my mind when I first saw that part. Uh, I just always wanted these two guys to get together, so this episode was such a tease for me. (laughs) All right, so while that was happening in the kitchen, in the living room, 
Regine tells Susan that she looks so familiar, but she can't place her. She asks her what school she went to growing up, and this is when we get that nod to the show Facts of Life. So, Susan, you know, you look awfully familiar. Where did you go to school? Oh, I went to a small private school called Eastland. Hmm, never heard of it. So now we're back out in the living room slash dining room area, and Max introduces Kyle to Greg and Susan as her man. Khadijah, unaware of this extra part of the plan, nearly loses it. She pulls Max into the kitchen for a side conversation, and she tries to talk some sense into Max. But Max is feeling pretty bad for herself in comparison to Greg. Kyle is your man? Okay, I know it goes against everything I stand for, but work with me on this one, okay? I look pitiful out there. Kyle is your man? Greg has a beautiful Barbie doll who quit her job just to cater to him. And what do I have? A job, a treadmill, and a bunch of girlfriends to grow old with. You ain't growing old with me because I'm old gets me a man. But getting back to my original question, Kyle is your man? For tonight, I don't want Greg to leave here. I don't want Greg to leave this country thinking he got the best of me. Well, Max, you're doing exactly what you said you would never do for that man. You lying. Well, after tonight, we will have all learned our lesson. But right now, Greg needs to learn his. Max finally gets Khadijah to go along with a lie, even though she thinks it's a bad idea and that Max is giving too much of her power away to Greg. When they go back out into the living room, Kyle tries to go in for a kiss in front of the others because he missed her or something. I don't know. It's kind of gross how he, like, pressures Max into kissing him. But um, I think Sinclair spoke for us all when (laughs) she said the entire situation was confusing. Baby, I missed you. So how about a kiss for your Ebony Prince, huh? Not in front of the guests. I'm sure they won't mind. Not one little kiss. That's really sweet and confusing. (laughs) While everyone is sitting down at the table, Max sits on Kyle's lap, and Kyle begins to tell a completely inappropriate story about how him and Max first met. They're definitely going above and beyond to show Greg and Susan that they are, like, really into it and really into each other. Kyle is doing the most and ends his story with a BDSM pun, and Max and... Khadijah and really everyone at that table except for Greg and Susan are completely uncomfortable. Susan says that that story is sweet somehow? I don't know. (laughs) She proceeds to tell the story of how her and Greg met. They met traveling to Spain and they planned a honeymoon in Paris. Desperate to one-up them, Max lies her face off and says that her and Kyle went there on a whim for a week. When they were asked for restaurant recommendations, Kyle quickly saves the day and says that they didn't leave their hotel much. (laughs) On a flight to Spain, we both love Europe. In fact, we're going to spend our honeymoon in Paris. It's the one place we haven't been. Oh, you'll love it there. You've been? Kyle flew us there for a week. (laughs) Just on a whim. That's very romantic. I'm that kind of guy. Can you uh, recommend some places to eat? Well, we didn't get out much. I'm that kind of guy. 
Susan then thanks everyone for being so cool about everything and not making things awkward because of Max and Greg's past relationship. She admits that she was kind of nervous about coming, and Greg says that he knew Max would be cool with everything because everyone is happy with who they are and where they are in their lives. The gang senses Max internally cringe, and they try to make her feel better by making her look better in front of Greg. Kyle says that Max has just been made partner at her law firm. Kadisha chimes in and says that she's the first black woman to make partner ever. And Sinclair says that Max is being groomed for the Supreme Court. Baby, you didn't tell it. My girl just made partner. Well, okay. (laughs) Was I surprised when that happened? And the first African-American woman ever. Because you know that Claire Huxtable wasn't real. Mm -hmm. And then let me tell you, Max is being groomed for the Supreme Court, okay? Has a meeting with Clarence Thomas next week. Just as they're about to toast to Max's success, Max breaks. She admits the truth to Greg and Susan, and Overton, with his spectacular timing, chooses that very moment of confession to walk out of the kitchen and announce to Max that Jesse Jackson just called and said that he would be honored to preside over her wedding. Hey, Max, Jesse Jackson just called. He said he would be more than happy to preside over your nuptials. <laughs> we not lying anymore? <laughs> in the next scene, Max and Greg are alone in the kitchen, and they're finally having an honest conversation. Max apologizes for lying to Greg, and he tells her that he knew she was lying from the very beginning. He said he could tell she was lying about Kyle because of the terrible kiss they shared. He knew it wasn't her usual style. Max finally asks the question we've been dying to know. Why are you here? She tells him she's not going to give him her blessing, so why did he show up? Greg, in classic fuckboy style, says he just wanted her to know that he missed her and that he was sorry about the way he left things because when he left, he not only lost a lover, but he lost a friend. (laughs) Listeners, if anybody tells you that, just turn around and walk away. That person is just wasting your time. And Max, thankfully, sees right through that shit. She calls him out for trying to manipulate the situation and trying to get her to forgive him for treating her like crap. She tells him she knows that they weren't right for each other, but that's not why she's hurt. What she's hurt about was that he didn't have the courage to properly break up with her. He just packed up that raggedy old duffel bag and left. Really are bitter because I left Max. We just weren't meant to be. I know that. And I can't thank you enough for moving on and making room for the right man to come into my life. And you know, it wasn't even until just now that I realized what's been bothering me all this time. Wasn't that you just packed your raggedy duffel bag and left? It was that you didn't even bother to take the time to say goodbye. The only response that Greg had was, I didn't know how. Ugh. Getting the closure that she needs, Max then shows Greg how to say a proper goodbye. She grabbed him, kissed him stupid, and then looked him in the eyes and said, Goodbye, Greg, and strutted out the kitchen. (laughs) 
The episode ends with the girls drinking wine in the living room, celebrating Max's closure, and talking about the comparison game we all play with an ex. They end with some pretty hard facts. I'm just glad the brother is gone. Now you can move on with your life. Amen. Although I did have some fun while they were here. (laughs) Why do we even put ourselves through all of this nonsense for people we don't even care about anymore? Because deep down there's still a little love left. That ain't it. Because it's all about playing the game. It's about appearances. That ain't it. I know what it is. Because we won't feel better till they feel worse. That ain't it. The tagline of the episode shows Khadija destroying a voicemail from one of Regine's exes on the answering machine. Our girl is not doing this again with Regine. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode, listeners. Up next, your red flags. All right, I am back, and now it's time for your red flags. This is the segment where I read some of the red flag dating stories that you listeners have sent to me on Instagram, or you've emailed me them. As always, I like to mention that this segment was born on my other podcast, What Makes Me Well, and its origin story is that it came about as I was interviewing a guest, and somehow we ended up talking about our past dating mistakes and all of the red flags that we ignored for the sake of love. We had a great conversation laughing at our younger selves, but ultimately what I took away from that conversation was how we chose to ignore that little voice inside of our heads that told us there was a red flag in play simply because we'd hoped that there was going to be a better payoff in the end, or we hoped that we were going to be wrong, and we weren't. (laughs) I love this segment because it reminds us how important it is to listen to that voice, and I hope that this segment will not only have us, you know, laughing and reminiscing about our dumb mistakes, uh, but I hope that this segment helps spread awareness about red flag behaviors, and I hope we can all take a second to reflect on these stories and learn from them. All right, so this week's red flag is brought to us by Keisha. Keisha writes in and says, I met a guy online, and after a few chats, I invited him to meet up at a local park for a morning hike so we can get to know each other better. All right, so far so good. I suggested we both bring our own beverages, you know, for hiking in a public park on a warm day, and this man shows up with vodka and Red Bull, and my profile clearly says that I'm a non-drinker. Whoa, that takes a hard left. If you're going for a morning walk and this man is bringing vodka and a Red Bull, yeah, that's a that's a big lifestyle lifestyle difference. Um, Keisha goes on. I declined to see him after that. (laughs) Fair, fair. So Keisha saw that red flag and said, no, thank you. I've seen enough. I do not need to see more. Good for you, girl. All right. Well, thank you for sending in that submission, Keisha. I truly appreciate it. If you want to share your red flag stories and have me read it on the podcast, you can email me at relivingpodcast at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram. I'm at a.joneswellness across all platforms. All right, listeners, thank you for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear, please rate and review and share this podcast with others. 
I'll be back next week to relive episode five with you. It's called In the Black is Beautiful. Until then, be well, listeners. Reliving Single is an A. Jones Wellness production created and produced by me, Asada Jones. Our researcher and editor is me, Asada Jones. Our audio engineer and mixer is also me, Asada Jones. Our music, however, is provided by The J Squad and Jackson Beats and Mr. B-Man Music. All audio clips of the Living Single television sitcom are property of Hulu streaming services and is used on this podcast solely for reference and commentary. Smooches!